When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only miss amber childers hello how are you how are you you know i'm good yesterday i was definitely a little grouchy i get it i'm trying to like recognize my emotions a lot more i feel like these days and like you know just observe how i'm feeling but today i'm actually feeling really good like, what makes you grouchy these days? I mean, like, other than the whole world. Because I, I have moments where, like, for no reason, I'm I'm just, like, snapping at everyone. And I'm like, nobody did anything to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if I'm not PMSing, it's like, okay. I'm sick of people dying. I'm sick of politics. I'm sick of irresponsible people, you know. And I just, you know, it's it's time. It's You have your days, right, where you're just like, I'm exhausted now. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my fiance is actually sitting on the couch next to me and we were reading the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And we had picked up this book, you know, probably like a year or two ago. And then we just brought it out again. The book, have you read it? No. Oh my gosh. It is, you have to read it. It is such a good book. Like when you just need to put things in perspective, especially when you wake up in a bad mood and uh, the author's so funny, and it, it's just so good. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I've heard of it. Is it like, but I mean, it's it's really good, huh? Oh, listen, I'm not a bookworm by all means. Like, I, I have to read scripts, and like, I'm just like reading homework and all that stuff, so I'm not really into reading books that much this year. This is a book I would highly recommend. Highly. And it really just helps you just breathe in and say, who cares? Yeah, like, what, why, why was I even worried about that? And it's not like his whole purpose of the book is, like, you have to give, like, you have to care about the right things, right? You have to give a fuck to the right things and, and give less fucks about the things that are less important. Totally. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, especially with what's going on in the world, we have to just, you know, who cares about anything else, really? Yeah. Where, now, where are you and your fiancé? You guys are in L.A.? Uh, we moved to Ventura County. Um, at pre-pandemic, right? Like in January. And we had bought this house to, as a second home, but more to turn it into a, a second business as a wedding venue. Um, clearly, like put a, put a pin in that. That's um, not happening. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, fuck it. Let's go like quarantine out there. And we did with all, we have five kids together. And um we actually love it. And I, I really, I love not being in LA. I really do. 
so many people. So I live in New York City. I mean, I'm still here, but it's same thing. Like I know so many people in LA and like New York that are just, they went to like another house and they're just like, I just don't want to go back. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the silver linings is like, we feel like we have to be like, you know, for like city people mostly, you know, we have to be there. That's where the action is. That's where like, but it, it, it for me, LA, I always tell people this when I'm landing in LA, I have really bad high anxiety. And as soon as I like am over, the plane is like descending. I feel like it all comes back just because it's the energy. And I'm really sensitive to things like that. I just feel like the energy is just like, it sucks, just sucks my soul. I mean, New York is kind of the same. Like you just get all consumed with work and business, like as you get close to LA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it is where most of your work is. Like, are you, where are you from originally? Are you from LA area or? Um, So I grew up outside of LA about an hour and a half. So when I would drive up to auditions, it was like, I never really, I thought, you know, and I was young. So LA was kind of like, you know, where all my dreams were. So I was really fascinated, but I always had this, plan to go to New York. And I was very lucky when I was 17, I I booked a soap in New York and I was able to go there. So I lived, I experienced New York for three years. And so that was like a dream come true. And I would recommend it for anyone. It was just such a, and then I moved back to LA three years later and I'm like, like, I love New York. Love. I think I, I agree. I think everyone should live in New York. Like if they haven't at least once. 100%. I mean, doing it like when you're 17, like that's a good time to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was really scared though. So if I, if I could do it all over again, I would have been a little more adventurous. I'm a little more just, I was like really, I, I worked a lot, right? When you're on a soap, you work a lot of hours. And so my life was really, it wasn't like I was in college and like partying and stuff like that. So I wasn't even 21 yet, so I couldn't even drink. So anyway, maybe it's not a good idea. Never mind. Did you just go like from your house to the set of All My Children, which we're going to discuss? Yeah, my parents were terrified like for me. And so they put me across the street from ABC Studios on the Upper West Side. Um, So I would go. I joined Reebok, which I think now is like LA something. I think so. Uh, I live in Chelsea, but I mean, I, I know the area. Well, I was like in, I was in like mid, I was in Midtown where it was like, or the Upper West Side where it was like family oriented. It wasn't like fun action, but again, like I would, I was working a lot. So. Did you always want to be an actress like growing up? Yeah, I did. You smile when you say that, like it just, there was nothing else. Like you were just, this is it. Yeah. And I smile because I like the idea of, you know, being, working with babies, like I'm obsessed with babies. Um, but really when people would ask me like, oh, what's your plan B? And I was like, uh, there is no plan B. Like this is, and it, this is what I have to do. And I still get that feeling when like people ask me that question because I get excited, you know, it's really what I love. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some days I'm like cussing, you know, cause I'm like, I, I hate this business. It sucks. Like I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm done. No more. And then, you know, time passes and you're like, okay, this is why. And then you watch a really good movie or you, you know, you talk to a friend who's also in the business and you, you realize like, okay, this is why I'm doing it. Right. And sometimes we let our emotions get the best of us in the moment. Like, what do you hate about the business? And I'm not saying there's not things to hate, but what don't you like about the business? Um, what don't I like about the business? There's just a lot of bullshit, you know? There's a lot of fake people. Um, 
And I feel, and I know that's in any, any business, you know, or any industry. Um, but I can't be fake, you know, it's, it's really, that's like, I, I can't pretend that I'm someone I'm not, I, I just don't buy into like the Hollywood of it. And I know some people live for that. Um, that's for me, that's like the hardest part, you know, just being like, I just feel like when you're talking to people over the phone, they're just bullshitting you all day. And you're like, dude, come on, like, just be real. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, I could see that. I think like, yes, I think there's a lot of people that buy into it. For me, like, I think that's fun, you know, like in the beginning for like a month or three months. And then you're just like, Ugh, who wants to deal with all this? It's like exhausting. Yeah. It's yes, it is. It is emotionally exhausting. You have a very, you have to have a very thick skin. Yes. You develop one, right? I don't think anyone knows how difficult it is until you start. And then you're like, it's the people who, you know, you have to persevere in a business like this. Did you have like problems in the beginning with like, or do you, I guess now you don't like with just getting no's or rejections? Like, did you personalize all that? Yeah. I think when you're young, it's just fun and it's like, whatever, you're just being a kid. But as you get older, you know, I have two children, like I need to make money and some days, some years are really good. It's like, Hey guys, I haven't worked in a year. Like let's figure something out, you know? And, and I don't really know if, for, I guess for agents and managers, they're a part of a business and it's a numbers game for them. And they're trying to get all their other clients working. So one thing that I think I really learned over the past, I don't know, three years is you really have to take charge of your own and not be afraid, take charge of your own career and not be afraid of, of saying, guys, what's going on? Like, you know, and just call, you know, you get self-conscious naturally in this business, but you, I feel like you have to let your guard down when this is your career, you know, it's up to you. If you want to do something, you can't wait for the phone to ring, fucking figure it out. Right. Which I think is hard for like a lot of people in the business that are like actors and actresses. Cause it's like a different skill set. at least in my experience, you know, like I think a lot of actors and actresses don't have, and this is not an insult. They just don't have that business side to them. That's, you know, they're creative. Yeah. That's me. I'm I like, I, I get so scared to have those conversations, but I've had to learn, like, do you fucking care about your career? Like, oh, this is, you get one life. And I think as you get older, your, you know, your mortality sets in and you realize life is short. Life is so short. You get one chance and you are never guaranteed tomorrow. So what are you going to do today? Did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, no, you're not alone. And there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Nutrafol. Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shredding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth, of course, takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in around three to six months. Listen, it actually really works. I'm not going to mention any names, but a family member of one of the RHONJ, Real Housewives of New Jersey, I know has been on this for around two years, and I saw a huge difference in her hair growth. Listen, you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show behind the velvet rope by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code velvet to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer 
anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time, plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, and that's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Nutrafol.com, and the promo code is VELVET. Enter that, and you get $15 off. When you subscribe, you'll receive automatic monthly delivery, so you never miss a dose. What are you waiting for? Nutrafol.com promo code VELVET. Start restoring your hair and your confidence today. Yeah, I would agree. And especially with COVID. Like, I think to me, it's like if you haven't had like a coming to Jesus with yourself now, I don't know what you're waiting for. Like, if you, well, that's the thing. Like, I get that it's a business, but like, if you're still fake now and you're still buying into all of that, I, 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 what are you waiting for, people? Like, this is it. We're all the same. We're all home. Like something's got to give. So that's, so let's talk about 17 when you land the part of Colby Chandler on the classic, classic, iconic, all my children. It was really fun. It was really scary. Um, I graduated high school early and I moved to New York. Well, actually I started working, flew back, did my graduation and um, I, was, I was so excited to be in New York, but I was also so scared. I remember sitting in my apartment, crying and crying, like, you know, what did I just do? So lonely, um, because it's such a big city and there's not a lot of young people on, you know, 66, West 66 and Riverside Boulevard. There's just not. No. Um, but it was really, you know, it was definitely... It was a, it was hard work. It was definitely more work than I expected. And, you know, I always tell people the work was like as, as if I went to college and studied acting, you know, for three years, memorizing 30 pages a day of just dialogue that's constantly like repeating what you just said because there's no reruns in soap. So you constantly have to like keep the, the audience up to date um, on what's going on. I just, um, it was, it was really hard and really difficult, but I'm so, so lucky I had that opportunity because I worked with some amazing, you know, veterans like David Canary, Susan Lucci. Um, they're just great people. Did you watch soaps before that? Like, did you know, like, what a big deal All My Children was? You know, it's so funny. I used to watch, I remember I used to watch Days of Our Lives. I don't know why. It's, I was young. Like I was so young and I would sit there and watch it when like Marlena and Stefano and like, I don't know why I was so drawn to, maybe I was drawn to the drama of it. But um, so when I booked it, I was like, that's so weird. Like maybe I put that out there in the universe and the universe didn't realize like, you know, just gave that, gave that to me. Um, So yeah, I did. It's pretty wild to think about it. So you were, you were like an NBC, because I feel like you were either CBS, NBC, or ABC as far as like what you watched for soaps. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I watched Days of Our Lives um, because it was dark. It was like darker. And when I was younger, I like, I was a little weird like that. I like darker things. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> no, that makes sense. For me, it was all like, it was mostly General Hospital, but then just because all my children was on like while we were still at school, but then eventually sometimes I would tape it, but I was all about GH, so I get it. Yeah. Did you live alone when you lived in New York, like I, at 17? It was real. That was really silly of me. Um, 
Do, were your parents like, what? You're going to New York? And I grew up in a Mormon household. And like, my parents were like super conservative, like controlling parents. And so for them to even let me go to New York was a big deal. I had originally booked all my children when I was 15. Wow. And they basically were like, you have to, you, the whole family would have to get up and move. And I had two other s- sisters and my parents had their business out here. So there was no way. And at that point, I, I mean, I, I cannot believe my parents let me move to New York. It's, now that I'm thinking about it, shocking. But I'm glad they did. Yeah. I really am. Did you, did you have scenes with Susan Lucci? I just can't remember. I did. Um, not a lot, but because... It tied into the, I can't, I, the fact that I- Because she was her. married to Adam Chandler at some point. Yeah, she was. Um, and then she was involved with um, Montgomery, the Montgomery family. And then um, what happened? There was, there was like a love triangle at some point. I, I don't remember exactly, but there was a love triangle. So uh, the family's like intertwined. What was that like? Like what was Susan like? She's amazing. That woman is amazing. She really is. She is so delicate and dainty and like, like, I don't know. I just, everything about her is so great. I remember I would, I would, I asked her at one point, I'm like, you come in here wearing six inch heels. Like, how do you do it? Like, what, what's the secret behind being able to wake up, put heels on and walk around all day? And she's like, I practice when I was like, just when you're home, just put on heels and walk around. I'm like, that sounds so uncomfortable, but she's just every, I don't know. She's just such a wonderful woman. She's so great. And I'm, I, again, like I'm, I feel so lucky to have worked with her and, and David Canary, obviously who's no longer with us, but just so patient and kind. And um, yeah. Was AMC like, you know, like you go to Sirius Radio, like it's the house that Howard Stern built. There's a Stern wing. It's all about Howard Stern. It was like that, like that. I mean, everyone had a great part on All My Children, but was it like the house that Susan built and like, you know, you just, people like revered Erica Kane. Yeah. Yeah. So where we filmed, we actually um, were in the same building as The View, which was really fun. I really enjoyed being able to like, because I would go home and I'd watch The View. I don't know. It was just, it was, it was so, um, and who was on The View at that point? Oh, I can't think of her name. Uh, Elizabeth Hasselbeck? No, that was before yes. her probably. Oh, really? It was her. And then what's the woman that Trump always gets in fights with pre Rosie O'Donnell? Yes. Yeah. He was on it too. Um, I don't know. It was just fun. Listen, I was 17. I had like no worries. I was making a, a lot of money for, for that age. And I was just, I was having a, such a good time and being in the city. I don't, it was, oh, Gosh, I, I just missed it. I really do. I, I love going back to New York. Now we were in New York in February when COVID was was there, but no one knew about it. Right. And that was the last time that I was there. So, I mean, I've been I've been to like fifty five countries. I've been to all seven continents. Like I'm like a traveler. Really? Yeah, and I'm like an adventurous traveler. Like in New York, you know, just give me my martini and let me sit at a nice establishment but when I go away I kind of can roll up my sleeves and like be like okay like this is the culture let's actually experience what's going on here that's so neat what's the best place you've been to I mean my favorite is probably Africa I love like Mm. the animals are just so you know the the people are great 
the food is great, but like the animals, you're just like, you know, this is like in their natural habitat, just watching. Like we're just, and it's actually a really relaxing vacation. Cause like you really, you could stay well and you just sit in these like Jeeps and you're driven around all day. Like it's not like a roughing it vacation. So it's kind of, it's like watching a live movie, but they're animals. It's really, and you get really close a lot of the times. Oh, wow. That's so neat. And like, there's a fear factor, but not really. I mean, then, you know, you hear about all these things that happen, but like when you're in it, you're like, that's not going to happen to us. Cause you get close, you get pretty close. So if you're the type that, I mean, you don't have to get close, but a lot of the Jeeps get really close to the animals. So that's so cool. One day. I would highly recommend it. I can't tell you how much traveling I've been doing in the past few weeks and airports and airplanes are packed. People want to get away. Listen, if your dreams of that vacation or enjoying the fun of life are turning back into a reality for you, don't stress over the financial setbacks that can keep you from saying yes. Credit Karma is here to help you keep your financial goals in check so you won't have to hit pause on a good time. Credit Karma's game-changing technology shows you tailored offers for credit cards and personal loans that you're more likely to be approved for so you can apply with more confidence. They use your credit and other financial information to show you custom recommendations. Whether you want cash back, travel rewards, or to consolidate debt, Credit Karma can help you find the offers that fit your goals because your goals may not be the same as my goals. With a selection of options and approved odds, you have the power to make informed decisions. Credit Karma, apply with confidence and you will be on that beach enjoying that drink in no time. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast to learn more and find offers tailored just for you. That's creditkarma.com slash podcast. Or you can see your offers on the Credit Karma app. Apply with confidence today. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast or the Credit Karma app. So all my children, you never saw any like diva behavior from Miss Lucci on set. She was like just wonderful. No. Yeah, no, she she really is. She's so great. And then you left. That the time was over. Um. Yep. So I left. I came back to LA. Um, was being on all my children. You know, like was being on a soap like a really good, like you said, education. Like, was it some of the hardest work you've done? Like, just because it's every day. Yeah, and and when I came, it was a it was a lot of work. Um, when I came back to LA, I really struggled. Um, there's this like stigma around soap actors and it, you, you know, that's like, it's a whole nother industry, right? That that's their world. But I always knew that I wanted to, I wanted to break into feature films and television and I had no idea how hard it was going to be. I really didn't. And I, I was, I was in shock. I was devastated. You know, people were like, you're not you know, going to work. You need to stay in the soap world. And I'm like, uh, that's not, I didn't sign up like to just stay, here. you know, there's things that I like, I really felt like I needed to, to do and um, characters that I wanted to explore. And so I put myself in acting class um, I, and it wasn't even that I was, I was bad. It was just that there's a stigma that follows you. And it's really, that's, see, that's like a part of the business that's really shitty, right? It's like, you know, just let me come in and audition and prove to you that, I'm not going to read the lines like I would if I'm like in a soap scene. Um, right. 
And so I, I did, I had to, I had to prove myself. And that was, that was a huge struggle for many years until I started getting booking like little uh, roles. And, um, and then, you know, eventually I feel, you know, I think I, I eventually established good relationships with casting directors. And I think that was really important. Yeah. I mean, that is a thing like the soap stigma. It's almost like if you didn't work on all my children and make money and have a credit to your name, you might've gotten auditions, mm-hmm. which makes no sense. Mm-mm. No. At all. What was I going to say? You weren't, now you weren't on all my children at the same time that Sarah Michelle Gellar was, right? I think she was way yeah, before was pretty, you. Yeah. And then, well, one of the movies you booked was David Spade, right? You were in a David Spade movie. Mm-hmm. That was before, that was before all my children. So that must've been fun. Yeah, it's fun. I still run into David, like, at, you know, industry parties and whatnot. It's so funny. He's, he's just so funny. He's, he's so like funny. a funny guy. He is so funny. Yeah. And, like, we, you know, you just, you see people, like, once a year in the business. Like, if you if you go to, like, Oscar or Emmys or whatever it is. Um, right. He's he's just like oh there's David like I see you once a year hi David like how's life okay and then you don't see him for the next year <laughs> and he like do you guys do you, I don't know if you had scenes together like he like remembers you from that time yeah yeah he does. so that's funny yeah he's great so what's the best piece of advice like either him or like Susan Lucci gave you other than the heels like is there anything like that you learned from people like that you know like when you were young or. I think for me, one of the biggest lessons I learned when I did a movie called The Master, um, and Amy Adams, Joaquin Phoenix, um, and Hoffman really like taught me if you just let like you know the skill of acting, right? I'm not talking about like the business in general, but um, just getting comfortable in my own skin, right? Because I think that's the other, you know, issue with the business is that you try to keep up with how everyone else looks or acts or, or whatever. But as soon as you shed all those layers and you just become who you are and it feels natural and good and you're not pushing it and you're, you know, you kind of just find your groove. Um, that's, I feel like that's the best advice because I think once they, they, I, I learned by watching them a lot, um, that's when I felt like I, I really like didn't give a shit anymore. And when people don't give a shit, um, then it makes like for really good television. I like, even if you watch a movie now, you could really see the difference between like someone that's really trying to act in a scene or someone that is just so comfortable in their craft. Right. And I feel like I'm, I'm getting to that point now. And I feel like I have so much um, more work that I need to do. Um, and I'm excited. And I really look forward to, to be able to like play and, and, and life experience too, like being able to, to, to play, you know, someone that was divorced or pay, play someone that was like a mom. Like I have those ex- real life experiences now under my skin. And I feel like that definitely helps as well. That must be, I mean, was that hard like not to compare yourself to everyone else and to realize like, if you don't get a part, it's not necessarily have anything to do with you. You know, like then you look at the person that gets the part and you're like, well, obviously that's not me. 
Like that must've been hard to learn. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over time, you definitely learn that for sure. Yes. Before it's like, you just compare yourself. You're like, well, she has dark hair. So maybe I should dye my hair darker. Hey, maybe I need to like lose 10 pounds or Hey, she, I, whatever, whatever it is. Like, that's just, the, it's, it's like, that's the gross part of the business. But again, like, like I said, like once you are just like, this is who I am. Yeah. I mean, and you know, like, I feel like as you get older as well in the business, you learn what roles you feel comfortable with doing. You know, I get auditions. I'm like, dude, this is not me. Like this is, this is going to be me pushing it so bad, like so far it's going to not turn out great. So I feel like I, I feel comfortable saying no to things now because I know what I'm capable of doing. Is that easy for you? I, I have a hard time saying no. Like in my business with this podcast, I, I get pitched people and I, I say yes. And then sometimes I'm like, I mean, you're not one of them, but then sometimes I'm like, it, it works out okay. But I'm like, this is off brand. I had no interest in speaking to this person anyway. Like, why is this happening? I just, I have a hard time saying no. Like, do you find like you're okay with it now? Like that's well, a good- Because I want to work, right? So when you haven't worked and like someone finally says like, okay, here's a job. You're like, oh, great. And you're like, oh, wait. Like I need to, I have, I have a family. Like, is this worth leaving my children for, I don't know, six months, four months, however long it is, right? Television's a lot longer than, than film. So you have to like go down the checklist. Does it financially make sense? I have to remember, I have an agent manager and lawyer that I have to pay. And then I have to pay the government on top of that. So like those things matter as you get older. So I feel like all that kind of has to go into play when you're choosing, um, you know, whether you take a job or whether you even, you know, put in the effort to put yourself on tape. Cause right now, obviously we're all putting ourselves on tape. Um, so yeah. That makes sense. Is there any part out there that is like a really well-known part where you're like, you know, we'd be shocked to find out that you got, you know, like fourth round, like pretty close to getting. Um, I would say very early. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but one that definitely sticks with me the most um, was when I was 13, there was a movie called 13. And it was, it's like a really famous movie with oh, Ashton Kutcher and Nikki Reed. And was it Evan Rachel Wood too? Was she in that? Wood. Yes. Okay. And I even know where I auditioned. That's how sick. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but then like those, those ones just like stick with you. I so get it. I, I auditioned like three times. I did a screen test and they were finally like, we want you. And, but we have to, your parents have to sign off on like, I think I had to like, oh, maybe it's, it wasn't Ashley because it was Josh Harnett. We had to like give him a, a a lap dance and there was like girl on girl action like stuff like that and my parents were like hell no you're not doing this and I was like Deb this was the first big movie like big movie with everything going on in the world and all the technology around us I used to find it so hard to disconnect turn my mind off and relieve stress well not anymore Unidragon's wooden puzzles have solved all of that they are the highest quality puzzles. All the parts have their own unique shape. They're not like your average puzzle. And in fact, they actually become collectible works of art. They're fabulous and memorable designs and images. They have animals too, tigers, wolves, pandas, unicorns, and so many others. These are not 
your average puzzle. Laser cutting is used so all the parts perfectly fit together and is such high quality. It's great for myself, but I've used it for so many gifts for friends and family. Unit Dragon's puzzles have changed my life. So listen, you guys need to head over to unidragon.com and use my code VELVETROPES and you get 10% off your first purchase. That's right. Just by listening to this podcast, head on over to unidragon.com. That's unidragon.com. Use my code VELVETROPES and you get 10% off your first purchase. These puzzles are intellectual. They're high-end. They're stimulating. They've changed my life. Then many years later, uh, what's the Kristen Stewart movie franchise? Breaking oh. Dawn. Yeah, the thing with Robin Pattinson, like the whole. The director of that, like went on to direct um, Twilight. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Twilight with Kristen. I, and they, and they, like, they were all in it. I'm like, oh my God, mom. Look at, if you would have just said yes to that one movie, I could have been in the Twilight like trilogy. And but, you know, so. That's the only one that really just like, I understand why my parents were doing it now, but oh man. And like 13, like I remember that was a big deal when it first came out. It was a huge movie. People weren't making movies like that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something that did work out, Ray Donovan. Yeah, that was fun. How did that come about? Because that's, you know, that's a huge like fan favorite for a lot of people. It's a lot of people's favorite show. You know, it was one of those that I just auditioned for. Um, and you, like I was mentioning before, it's like sometimes you just like walk into roles and you just, it fits you. You know, you're like, oh, this feels really good. Um, and I think I could do this. But I wasn't sure because it was showtime. And, you know, like I feel like that's every actor's dream is like to land on like an HBO or showtime or, you know, something amazing like that. Um, and Ann Bitterman was there, the creator. And it was just something that worked out. And I, I remember, um, I remember getting a call that I booked it. I was in Palm Springs and I was just like in shock. I was in shock. It was, it was like, I, every job that I book, I feel like I'm always in shock because I feel so fortunate to be able to continue to work. And I always go into the mindset of, when I'm on a job, like, you know, you give it your all, you, you do your best because this could be the last job you ever do. Right. And cause you know, you just never know. The wait is over. That's right. A season five of the Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. And I just couldn't believe it. And it was so fun. And it was in LA. And oh, I, I had my oldest daughter, London. I was just so happy to be working. It was just and to be able to work with all the amazing actors that are on that show, I, I just felt really, really blessed. How was Liv Shriver? He's good. He, he's good. He's, he's really talented. He is super, super, super talented. Were you, like, did you learn anything from him or, like, that whole experience of being on Ray Donovan? 
Because it was like such a well-written show. I think one of the things that I learned and what I appreciated about that show um, was we rehearsed. And I really love the process of rehearsing um, just because, you know, once you get comfortable and knowing where you're at in a scene, where you're standing, where you're moving your cues, like how it's going to flow, you discover new things. Um, and, and that's uh, frankly something that also Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, I learned from him as well. And, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, the director, but, um, he just, he fought for what he believed in or he does, I guess. Um, and I really appreciated that because I feel like actors, you know, a lot of the times you, you're, we're insecure and you're being hired and you feel like, just a piece of meat and when someone says jump you say how high and that's just the way the way it works in the business and um I really appreciated that he fought for what he believed in but you know because at the end of the day they wrote the character um the writers you know work really hard in the writer's room but you have to make that character alive and if it doesn't feel if something doesn't feel right in a scene you need to listen to that you know and say I'm just like this is not clicking for me this is this moment doesn't feel right or I, we, we really need to change like the, the markings. Cause this, I just, I, I feel like I need to stand when I'm saying this particular line, I don't want to be moving or wh- whatever it is. And I, and I, that's something that I learned from him and I, I appreciate that. Did you think the audition went well? Like, did you kind of know you got it, even though you said you were shocked? Like, can you tell like, Oh, this was a good audition. Well, here's the thing with acting. You, the, <laughs> there's been a lot of auditions where I'm like, Oh, I fucking crushed it. There's been auditions where I walked out, I'm crying. I'm like, that was so relieving. I, I know there, there's no way I didn't book that job. There's no way. And then they're like, you didn't book it. You're like, are you, what, what was that feeling? Like, what, you know, you get like, you experience that a yeah. lot. You feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like that happened. But in, um, for Ray Donovan, it was something that, you learn to say like, okay, I left everything in the room, right? That's like one of the things that they teach you in acting class. Right. And you give it your all. And guess what? Not every audition is going to be great. Either you're, you know, you're fighting with your husband before you walk in or your kid's calling you bitching about something or your mom calls you and is like, you know, like bugs you about something or maybe there's something catastrophic that happens like in the world during that. Whatever it is, you know, there's so many factors that can affect you as you go into an audition. Um, so I thought I knew I did well, but you just don't know, you know, you just leave it in the room. Like I gave it my all. And then now I got to go, I got to go home and, and play mommy. Right. Cause I have kids waiting at home for me. Right. Well, you know, you said something drew you to the part, like you played Ashley. She was, she was a bit crazy. I'm good at playing crazy. Well, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. You are. Um, right. So like, that's what I was going to say. Like, where do you think all that came from? Cause now I'm, we're going to get into you, which is, I can't even tell you how much I love that show. Um, but it's like another crazy character. So like, why do you think Ashley was such a good fit? Like, where'd you learn to play crazy so well? That's a good question. I mean, I don't, that's, where did I learn to play crazy? Um, Maybe it was Days of Our Lives, watching, <laughs> watching all those crazy shows. Uh, for me, it's just understanding and justifying someone's crazy, right? 
because if you don't agree why your character is being crazy, that's not going to work. So you have to know what you want. And that's a big thing. Like, what does she want? And, 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 and have empathy for all my characters, right? And that's how it was in NBC uh, Aquarius. Susan Atkins, who was one of the ones that murdered Sharon Tate. You know, those are hard characters to play. And, um, you know, I love to do a lot of research. So for me, it's like, you know, Ashley was an addict. She had a lot of, um, you know, we created this like massive backstory. So it definitely helps not play it. It's just who she is, right? This, her life experiences have made her an addict or, um, you know, whether she had, you know, was abused or whatever it was, those are all things that you have to like create this huge backstory in, in order to be able to be authentic with the character. Have you ever played a character that you just are like, this person's horrible and I don't like them? Like, I, I don't know if that ever happens for an actor or an actress. Or there's always, I mean, I guess that's the whole goal, right? Is to always find something that humanizes the person. Oh, for sure. You have to. Yeah. I don't think you can hate the character you play. Probably not. No. Well, yes, Ashley was crazy. And now we get into you, which is how did you come about? Because I mean, I'm a, it's a great show. So I, uh, that was another audition I went to David Rappaport, who's the casting director. I've been auditioning for him for many, many, many years. Um, I, I just had gone in um, and, and read this character for um, Sarah Schachter and Sarah Gamble, who I had worked with on uh, Aquarius. And uh, it was something that happened very quickly. I think I auditioned like on a Thursday and I had to leave for New York on a Monday. So it was pretty wild. Or I left on a Sunday, something like that. It was just, it like happened so quickly. And was that the same thing? Did you, was that an audition you think you fucked up that actually was great? Or you just like, did you have a feeling about that? Um, how did I feel in that audition? No, I think it was just, it, it was not a super, I mean, it all depends on the scenes too that they pick for you to read. Um, but, you know, sometimes they're going in and they're looking for a type, right? They want a type. But I think, I think Sarah Gamble had, you know, had had me in mind for the role. She had previously, you know, again, worked with me on Susan, uh, Susan Atkins. So she, she knew that I was capable of playing like, oh, crazy, I guess. Um, but in, in you, Candace obviously is crazy for a justifiable reason. Yes. Um, so yeah, it was good. I, I was really excited to get the part and be able to go to New York and, and work in New York and, um, I was really excited to work with Penn and I don't know. It was great. Did you know Penn before? I didn't know. Did you watch Gossip Girl? No, but I auditioned um, for Gossip Girl like a few times. Really? For what role? I don't remember. It was so long ago. Well, if you have time in quarantine, I know you have children, but maybe you and your fiance, if you want something to do, go back and start at episode one, season one, and just dive into the joys that is Gossip Girl. Oh my gosh, I know. Can you believe it? It's so long ago. It was, I know, it, it was long ago, but it is just such a, a gift from above. Yeah, and now, it's- The second one, right? Yeah, it's, it's coming back now. It's been off. That sh- that, that's going to be interesting. 
do you watch like do you watch tv in general or you're just so busy i've gotten so addicted to the news it's really disgusting um what do i watch babe what have we watched i don't even know we watched the oh oh that's right see i i don't remember anything um we watched the hugh hefner uh, american playboy that was amazing that that's good highly highly recommend that yeah i don't like wasting my time watching like stupid shows that i don't like you know? i get it like yeah I, i'm not like i'm like very anti-reality but i'll i definitely will admit um i got sucked into tiger king it sucks you in right it sucks you in in it that i mean i'm actually i'm glad because it was so like the humor and the like the crazy and i come from a family of like complete rednecks and so it's like so funny to me just to like watch the like the shit show happen i mean i wonder though if it would have been such a hit if it wasn't for covid i don't know i mean i guess that's really neither here nor there i mean it's true like you know i've i've seen it happen for you know um movies. I mean, look at what happened to the, the Dark Knight when there were mass shootings and they had to pull it from theaters. Like, there's so much that goes into uh, the distribution, right, of film and, and now television, really. So, yeah. But I know. And now we have Carol Baskin was on Dancing with the Stars this past season. No! Yes. And she got far. She got far. See, why do we justify good behavior? I don't understand. Or bad, yeah, bad behavior. It's so, that's so crazy. And, you know, listen, I don't know. Everyone gets paid something different for Dancing with the Stars, but I mean, it's a paycheck and I'm sure it was a pretty decent paycheck by ABC. And I mean, like Dancing with the Stars, that's major. I'm going to YouTube it. Yeah, no, she, she, she got pretty far. Well, speaking of distribution, were you shocked when, like, you premiered on Lifetime and then, you know, like, it did okay, not great. I don't know if it was going to come back and then it goes over to Netflix and then it's, like, 43 million people and, and then, it, I mean, that changed everything. Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely goes with, we were, like, one of the shows, um, you know, where the model is, yeah, you, wanna, you put it on Lifetime and, you know, Lifetime doesn't have the platform that the show needed to be able to carry to a second season. But Netflix had our international um, rights, and it did really well. And so when Lifetime decided to dump it, um, Berlanti, uh, Greg Berlanti, um, and Sarah Gamble, they took it to Netflix, which was a brilliant move on their part. And um, and they bought it. And I, no one knew, you know, what was going to come about, but people really went bananas over it. I was there right from the beginning on Lifetime. Let me just say that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I thought it was, you know, it was great. I mean, what's the funnest thing about playing Candace Stone? I just love that she's so strong. I love playing strong women. Like, I, I feel like I, you know, when you play a, a character like Candace, she represents she just represents so many women in the world and, and the things that she went through and, and dealt with and she comes back, you know, for revenge. I, I don't know. I just love it. I really, really, really enjoy it. So it, it definitely like it's, that's a job that I love getting out of the, out of bed for in the morning and going to set and, and just having fun. 
were you always supposed to be part of season two? Because, I mean, that was a twist. Yeah, I was. And season two was great. Yeah, season two was amazing. It was really fun. That was really, really fun. And it was nice to be able to come back to California and, and work, uh, work here, you know, and be able to sleep in my own bed at night. How is Penn as like a co-star? He's amazing. Penn is so sweet. So sweet. He's so amazing. He's such a great guy. He's such a great guy. What about, you know, we see Candace apparently get killed at the end of season two. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? (laughs) Well, I guess first off, is Candace really dead? Yeah, I mean, she was, yeah, her throat was slashed. I, I think kn- she, was pretty dead. she was pretty dead. There's a lot of blood. I don't think she's coming back. <laughs> I don't know. I, who, who would have ever? You never know. You, I, listen, there was like hauntings and ghosts and like all that. Happened. I'm just walking upstairs because there's a thing kept on going off. It was making me crazy. That's fine. Well, yeah. And there's flashbacks. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's tons of stuff. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, yes, there was a lot of blood, but. I don't know. I guess I'm, I guess to me, Candace is a fan favorite and I'm just hopeful that somehow she's, I mean, are they filming season three? I really, really, yeah, they're filming. Um, I would love that. If, if I, you know, if they ask me to come back, I will definitely, you know, love to come back and, you know, haunt Joe or who, who knows? Um, Love. I, I have no idea, but I, it's definitely, I love, I love working with everybody and I would be, you know, that would be, that would be fun to come back. Are you going to watch season three, which they're filming, if you're not in it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. How I'm, does how does that work? You know, like, you get your script for the next week. Like, how, how much in advance did you know, like, oh, Candace is going away? I knew very, uh, I, I knew very early on in the second season. Does that change, then, how you play a character? Like, are you, you know, being aware of it? Or it doesn't really change much? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I think that I like, I think that they don't want, they prefer actors not to know. Um, but it didn't change my, you know, my direction I took with Candace, right? It didn't alter any of that. And I, yeah, it was just one of those things that it, this is not a show, um, like a happy go lucky, like everyone survives. <laughs> so, no, there's been lots of deaths in you. Yes. When people come up to you or reach out to you and like recognize you, is it mostly like all my children, you know, soap fans are rabid fans? Is it now from you? Yeah, it's mostly you. That's what I would expect. I mean, you never know because soap fans are rabid. What about, you know, you mentioned reality TV. You don't really watch reality TV. What about, do a lot of reality TV fans reach out to you just because of the whole Randall connection? I mean, because I find soap fans and reality TV fans are some of the most rabid fans that there are. Yeah, I get a lot of a lot of DMs. <laughs> I am sure that you do. Are you, like, shocked at, like, the power of reality TV? You know what I mean? That, really, you're an actress. You have nothing to do with reality TV you're not even once removed. You're kind of like twice removed. And then were you shocked at like that whole, like I'm getting DMS and this is now my life. Um, no, because it's not my life, you know? Um, 
I mean, I guess you get sucked in by association. Um, but that, it, that doesn't, you know, bother me. It's like, okay, whatever, you know? Right. And like, you've been in the business for a while. So, I mean, like, does anything, is there ever like a media aspect of the business that shocks you? Like this whole thing with Randall and Lala, like when it first started, or are you just like, I've been around, I, this is, this is how it works. I mean, I don't know. It's something that I definitely, I prefer not even to discuss, to be honest with you. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything you guys are, things are good now, I think. It's, you know, you do the best you can. I'm focused on my, um, my family that I have now. Um, my, my, obviously my children, they're everything to me. And, um, yeah, you just, you, you just live your life every day. Just I, for me, it's like appreciating the things that I have and my experiences that I've been through in the past have made me super strong and resilient. And, um, you know, you do the best you can under the circumstances with co-parenting and not every day is easy. Um, but it's not the end of the world. Right. And your children are your priority, obviously. Yeah. Where did you meet your fiance? Um, I met him through a mutual friend in, in Los Angeles. So, yeah. And you guys, you were, were you, were your wedding plans like now? Like, are they derailed because of COVID? Um, no. We or you weren't that far along? Yeah, we, I mean, we've been engaged for was it almost three years, something like that. Almost three years, I think. Um. No, but we, there's no plans. We're just, you know, enjoying each other and enjoying our kids. And, you know, we have five kids together. So it's a, it's a lot. Um, but I'm sure the day will come. But there's no, there's, we, we don't have a date or anything. There's no point right now. There's no point to rushing it, right? No, <laughs> no, no. Would you, I mean, I know you said you don't watch reality TV, but what if someone came to you and said, I mean, having no, no ties to reality TV, but just everyone has a show now. What if someone said to you, you know, divorce, getting married again, have a fiance, like, let's, let's do a reality show with you. Would you ever do a reality show? No, no. Yeah. It's not my, it's definitely not my cup of tea. I think, um, you know, I'm an, I'm an actor and I, I love, you know, working on good um, television and, um, and movies and I'm totally okay. I don't need my, my life, you know, displayed. My life has already been displayed in public, um, in a way that I would never want it, you know, or wish on anybody, um, in a very hurtful way. So I've already, I guess, have had a, a, a little bit of a taste, but, um, no, that's definitely, it's, that's not my, you know, I'm an actor. It's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I can name many actors who have gone on to reality TV and it hasn't really transitioned well. Yeah. yeah. What is there certain types of roles? Like what's a type of role? Like you said, like, like a mother or someone who's divorced, like what type of roles like would you love to play? Like, is there a certain type of role? Like, would I definitely think like being able to play, you know, being able to play a mom, um, would be really, really fun. Um, I'm, you know, now that I'm have entered into my thirties, I feel like the roles definitely shift. Um, 
they're more, I guess, more evolved as, as humans. And, and I love that. And I want, I want, I'm very excited to be able to play, you know, whatever role it comes next in my career. I'm really excited because I know I will be able to bring um, a maturity to it um, that I didn't necessarily have in my twenties. Um, and, and I, and I'm just, again, I'm really excited. Do you think things have changed? Like, you know, you mentioned like thirties, like for women in Hollywood, you know, there's women now that like are creating their own parts. Like you said, like take charge of your own career. Women are working, like look at Meryl Streep, you know, like that wasn't much more of an issue where, you know, you would say an actress is whatever age, like put her out to pasture. Like, do you think that's come a long way or? Yeah. I mean, for sure it has. I'm so lucky. Um, yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a, like women don't have expirations on their foreheads anymore, which was, is like sick and disgusting to me. Kind Um, of. uh, Right. I mean, I'm excited. I I know I have a long career ahead of me. Um, Totally. Are there any other aspects? Do you have a preference? I mean, like you said, you want to work, like, do you love doing TV movies? Like, it's just all, do you have a, like, what's the biggest difference for you versus like with like a series like you or Ray Donovan, like doing like a regular series? Is it just way more hours away from your children or? Yeah. I mean, television is definitely a, a, a lot of, um, hours, but it's also, it's, I, I, I have no preference really. I, it's all about the character and, and who I'm playing. Um, so no, I, I'm, I would be so happy just, you know, yeah. Is there, well, now I want to talk about, before we go, I want to talk about your jewelry. Let's talk about Amber Childers jewelry. How did that come about and how did Kate Bosworth get involved? Um, so I started the jewelry company in between um ray donovan and whatever whatever job i i did next um and it's something that i've always wanted to do my parents are entrepreneurs um i love jewelry i love the meaning behind jewelry and um so i i started designing pieces and do you love do you love the process do you, i mean do you love I doing do. jewelry i do I, I love i love what i do i love being able to have a an outlet being able to have something that um that you know it definitely has changed my perspective in terms of a business like i, ha- I understand business a little bit more of having my own business um i appreciate business owners um i know the struggle now um you know and that's that's something that i I'm glad I took, you know, whether, whatever happens or comes about with my, my company, um, it definitely was a process that I really appreciate. And I learned a lot from. How did Kate Bosworth get involved? Um, so Kate helped early on in the, in the process. She was more of like an ambassador, um, of the company. What about, do you love like red carpets, you know, just tying into jewelry? Like, do you love getting dressed up or are you just, not, I mean, you do it for work. I like being in my pajamas with no makeup at home, but it's fun. It is fun to, it's fun to, it can be fun. It depends on, you know, where you're going, who's there, you know, but it's again, like LA could be, it's a, it's work. It's work. Totally. It looks glamorous. Yeah. (laughs) Well, your jewelry is amazing. I've checked it out online. Is there anything else you want us to cover like that we haven't covered? I always like to give people a chance at the end to bring up anything you want. I'm still hoping we see Candace back on you. I'm hoping we see you in 
some, I'm more of a TV person than a film person. So I'm hoping you get work, but I'm hoping we see you back on some amazing TV show soon. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm, um, I'm really excited to, to see the world get back on track. And I think it's really important, you know, to just be in this moment that we have at home with our families. And I know it's been a long year um, for everybody. Um, and so I'm just, I'm really looking forward to the future. I'm, you know, very grateful for the things that I have in my life. I'm very grateful for the experiences of, of work. Um, I'm, you know, so grateful for my children and my, my partner. And um, I'm just really looking forward to, you know, the future if I'm, I'm lucky if I get to live another day. I mean, I'm thinking like one day we'll probably hopefully all look back on this and be like, that time at home with our loved ones was like, we, we are in our pajamas. Like I, yeah, I'm happy to stay home too. I mean, I'm always on the go and I'm just like, I'm, I'm a homebody. Well, you know what it is? It's like, I mean, your mind is what will fuck you up during COVID. I mean, everyone, if you have a roof over your head, whether it's a huge place, a small place, like you have what you need to survive. It kind of like you get a different perspective on the world. It's mm -hmm. like, it's not your physical surroundings, it's your mind. And you just, that's the biggest challenge, I think. Yeah. But I think one day we'll look back and be like, remember those days where we were trapped inside? Like I would go back to that and just to stay home with my loved ones for six months. Right. I don't know. Right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Thank like, you. I'm looking forward to many more of your crazy psychotic parts or transitioning to other parts, playing yeah. mothers <laughs> and divorcees. Where can everybody find you online? Um, so my website is amberchilders.com and my Instagram is amberchilders underscore official. Don't ask why. It's just, that's what <laughs> Well, everyone needs to follow you. So enjoy the rest of your quarantine with your fiance and children, and we will speak soon. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.